Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. take your Bibles, turn over to Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. Well, has anyone ever been lost before? Were you with a man that refused to ask directions? You know, that could be, well, the, the most lost I ever was in my life was in Costa Rica. Uh, we had just gotten off the airplane. We'd rented the car And in San Jose, the capital, there aren't uh, road signs. There aren't signs that say, this is the name of this street or that street. And so the person at the counter said, well, go down here, take a right, take a left, take a right, take a left. You'll be on the interstate that'll take you to the beach. We say, great, you know, whatever, you know. So we get out, think we'll find it. We get completely lost. Not only do we get lost, we get outside of San Jose, somewhere up on the mountain, and we're in a, a part of the town that we probably shouldn't have been in. And we don't know what to do. We're kind of driving around. We're, we're completely lost. We kind of pull over. We're trying to ask somebody for directions. People are staring at us when suddenly three motorcycles pull up with police officers. They have rifles on their backs. They get out. They walk up. And the officer says, what are you doing here? And we said, well, uh, we're going to the beach. <laughs> and he said, well, you're not going to the beach this direction. <laughs> you know? And uh, so we tell him what, what hotel we're at and all that. And he says, okay, follow me. And so he takes off in front of us with the other two motorcycles on the side of us like we're a presidential motorcade. We get out to the main interstate, and it's rush hour, and there's gridlock. And they begin to take their rifles and hit the cars and say, move so that this car can get through. They take us all the way over, get off the ramp, and finally they say, this is the road, you can go there. I've got $20 bills in my hand. I'm trying to give them to all the police officers. They're going, no, no, no. I finally get them to each pull up and take their $20, and then we take off to the beach. I could not believe how lucky we were, how blessed we were, That in the middle of nowhere, three police officers give us a personal escort all the way to the main road to the beach. Well, you may be wondering where you're at this morning, how you got there, and who's going to escort you to where you need to be. And if that's where you're at, we're going to be talking about that this morning when we look at fighting for your future. Fighting for your future. Now, this isn't rocket science theology this morning. It's some very simple things we're going to talk about in looking at our future, but things that most people simply do not do. And so we're going to be talking about fighting for your picture, your future. So look over to Proverbs chapter 7, and the first thing we see is this. We need to start with the big picture and then determine how to get there. Start with the big picture and determine where you want to go. What's your future going to be like? What do you want for your future? What's the big picture? Now, in our scripture passage, verse 5 kind of frames it for us. So look down to verse 5. They will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. Now, in big picture, what Proverbs 7 is about is a young man who has been, has been tempted to have an affair with a lady who's already married. 
He knows he shouldn't do it. He knows that you shouldn't be having an affair with a married woman and uh, that that would be adultery, that that's not right. And so his big picture is, I want to live a sexually pure life and not commit adultery. All right, so that's his big picture. That's where he wants to go. So how does he get there? Look back up to verse 1. My son, keep my words. Store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and into insight, you are my relative. Then they will keep you from the adulterous woman. So he says... Okay, you know what you want to go. You see the big picture. I, I, I want to, to live a life uh, that is sexually pure. I don't want to commit adultery. How am I going to get there? And he said, you start off with God. You start off with God and God's wisdom. And by turning wherever you're going in your future over to him, and then God will give you the wisdom to get where you want to go. So the first thing I would say to you this morning is think about your future and ask yourself this question. In the different areas of my life, where do I want to be in my future? So for our graduates today, you're graduating from school. Where do you want to be in your future? For some of you, it's, well, I want to graduate from college. I want to graduate from college and get this particular job. And so you're saying, that's my future. I want to go uh, to school. I want to get a nursing degree. I then want to work as a nurse. That's the big picture. Others of you may be looking at different areas of your life. What about in your relationships? What kind of marriage do you want to have? What do you want your marriage to be like? What's the big picture when you look down the road for your marriage? What about with your children? Maybe you have young children. What do I want the future for my children to be like? And so you ask yourselves these kind of questions. With your finances, as you look into the future, what do you want your finances to look like, be like? With your job, what do you want your job to look like, to be like? And so you start with the big picture, determine where you want to go, and then turn that over to God in any area of your life. Lord, this is where I want to be with my school, and now I turn it over to you. Give me wisdom, give me direction, help me to get there. Lord, in my marriage, with my children, this is what I want it to look like. This is my hope, my prayer. How do I get there? Give me wisdom, direct me in that way. God only wants your best. And so you need to be taking every area of your life and giving them over to God and trusting God and asking God, Lord, how do I get where I I want to be? How do I get to the big picture? With your finances, I want to become financially secure. I I want to stop living paycheck to paycheck and barely getting by. Okay, Lord, this is what I want now. I turn my finances over to you. Give me wisdom, direction, help in all of those things. So we start with the big picture and we determine where we want to go. Now, the second thing we're going to see in our scripture passage is just as simple, but just as important. And that's this. Not only do you have the big picture of where you want to go, the next thing is this. The road you take determines where you end up. The road you take determines where you end up. Now, when you hear the theology in this sermon, this is what you're going to think. Obviously, this man has a doctoral degree from the seminary, okay? The road you take is where you end up. If I want to get to that back wall there, and I'm walking this direction, am I going to get there? Well, eventually, when I circumvent the world, I will, but not until then. No, I'm going the wrong direction. Whatever road you're taking is where you are going to end up. And so you may have good intentions, 
My intention is that I'm going to college and I'm going to graduate and I'm going to then go into the master's program. But if you're not studying in college and the road you're taking is leading you away from where you want to be, then you're going to wake up and say, well, I had good intentions. How come I didn't end up where I wanted to? This is what I wanted in my marriage. I wanted my marriage to be strong and romantic, and and I wanted my marriage to be close, but I, I never spend time with my spouse. It's all about me, and you wonder, how do I end up where I'm at? I want to be financially secure, but then I go spend my money on anything I want. I don't make a budget. Uh, I I don't try to keep up with what's going on. And then I wonder, how did I get in the mess that I'm in? Good intentions are not enough. You can have all the good intentions in the world, and it just doesn't cut it. You can have good intentions. I'm going to lose weight. I want to, my goal is, I look at my future, I want to lose weight. I want to get in better health. Well, then you just can't eat anything you want. You've got to stay on your diet. You can't say, well, every fourth day, I'm not going to, I'm going to eat a healthy lunch. Every fourth day, eating a healthy lunch isn't going to help you out there, you know, as you go through it. And so you've got to say, okay, the road you're taking determines where you end up. So what's this young man want? This young man doesn't want to have this affair. He knows it's wrong. He doesn't want to commit adultery. And so what road is he taking? Look at verse 6. At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple, I noticed among them a young man, a youth who had no sense. So this young man doesn't want to have this affair, but he's behaving like someone who has no sense. Verse 8, he was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. So I don't want to have an affair with this woman. I know it's right. I know it's wrong. I want God to to help me in that. But the road you take determines where you end up. What road does he take? I don't want to have this affair, but I think I'll go down the street she lives on. I think I'll go down right at nighttime, and I'll walk right by her door. And then when I get there, I'll walk a little bit slower and look over. I'm trying to be good. I don't want this to happen. But this is the road I've decided to take. The road you take always determines where you end up, not your good intentions. Anybody here ever see Wizard of Oz? What road do they need to take? The yellow brick road. I used to be able to sing every song in that. If you, sometimes you can get lunch with me, you can pay, and, and I'll sing every song in Wizard of Oz for you, okay? Uh, if you want me to. But, you know, yeah, they had to take the yellow brick road. If they got off the yellow brick road, they weren't going to end up in Emerald City. And so think about, first of all, what is the big picture? Where do I want to go in the future? And then you have to understand the road you're taking determines whether or not you want to get there. When I was 40 years old and and pastoring in Owensboro, uh, a good friend of ours in the church was my my medical doctor. Uh, And... uh, I remember Dr. Sanders, Dr. Marilyn Sanders, and we were eating Wednesday night dinner, and, and, and Dr. Marilyn said, Chip, you don't have much green on your plate. And I said, Dr. Sanders, you eat your plate, and I'll eat mine. You know, you know, get off my back. And, you know, and she said, all right, Chip, I tell you what, you go eat anything you want, and when you're 50, I'll come to your first heart attack. How's that? And I said, okay, yeah, if that's the way you want to play the game, fine, you know. Now, When I looked at my future 10 years later, I didn't think this. When I look 10 years in the future, I want Dr. Marilyn to visit me at my first heart attack. That wasn't in my plans. 
My plans was to be healthy, to look good like I do now. You know, all that kind of stuff. Guess what happened when I turned 50? I had my first heart attack. Dr. Marilyn came to visit me. And I said, oh, yeah, you're just trying to get one over on me now. You know, that's all you're doing. Now, that wasn't my intention. It's not what I wanted. I intended something totally different. But the road you take determines where you end up. If you want good grades at school, you might want to study sometimes. <laughs> Obviously a mom with a daughter, right? right? <laughs> so I'm just saying you can't just think this is the way I want it to be and therefore it's going to work out. And it covers every single area of your life. So ask yourself the first question, where do I want to be? Then ask yourself, is the road I'm taking right now getting me there? Because if it's not, then you've got a problem. And that's why you say, then I take it to God first and say, God, what's your will? What's your direction? What's your help? Now, do you know that when kids go to college, the first three weeks determine their next four years? First three weeks determine the next four years. The friends you make, the habits you get into, whether you're studying or not, whether you're going to class, uh, you know, if you get involved in a church, The first three weeks determine the next four years because three weeks form a habit. And so the habit you form the first three weeks is going to be hard for you to break down as you go other directions. So you have to to intentionally say, what road am I taking? How am I going to get where I need to be? There's a, a lady by the name of Sabine Moreau. I've got a picture of her right here. She's from a small town in Belgium. She had a friend call her. She lived about 90 miles from Brussels. Her friend was flying into the airport in Brussels and needed Sabine to pick her up at the airport so she could stay with her a few days. Sabine said, fine, I'll be glad to. She got in her car and started to drive to the airport. She was following her GPS. She'd put in airport. When she got to Zagreb, Croatia, 900 miles away, After going through seven different countries, she decided she was lost and taking the wrong road. She only stopped twice to go to the bathroom and take a quick cat nap in the the car. Drove 60 hours, 900 miles, seven countries. And she said, well, I guess I was just a little distracted. That's a true story, by the way. (laughs) See, look at that. Now... There will be some of you who will end up 900 miles from where you want to be. And you'll say, how did I get here? Was I just a little distracted? It was just a little detour. I thought, well, I'm just not going to study for this test. Or I'll just buy this item when I'm trying to, to, to get my finances in order. Or, you know, uh, uh, I just want to watch TV tonight. I don't want to talk to my spouse Uh, you know, I'm going to be lazy at work, but just for a couple of days. And then you're going to look back and you're going to say, how did I get where I was? And when that happens, you're going to have to come face to face with reality. You end up on what road you're taking. And so where do you want to go? What road are you taking? That brings us to the third thing that we see. You will have many temptations to to leave the road and it will always be costly to you. There will be many temptations for you to leave the road. So you've got the big picture. This is where I want to go. 
You've asked yourself honestly, how do I get there? I want to graduate from college with a 3.5 GPA. How do I get there? Well, I need to take these classes. I need to study this. I need to do that. You know how to get there. The road you take determines it. But there will be many temptations to leave the road. Look down, if you will, to verse 19 of our scripture passage. As weird as it sounds, this good-intentioned young man just happens to walk by the house of the woman that he's tempted to have an affair with, and she just so happens to come out. How weird is that? Verse 19. My husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. Now, her husband's got a purse, so that's the first, the first problem. That's the... With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces its liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his own life. So he was tempted to leave the right road. You will always be tempted to leave, to lead, to leave the right road. Too many L's in that one sentence there. You're always going to be tempted in any area of your life. Let's go back. We keep picking on our, our, our graduates today. So we'll go back to them for a second. Okay, I want to go to college. I want to get good grades in college. You will constantly be tempted not to do that. Friends will call you. Hey, let's hang out tonight. Let's go do this. Whatever. You're always going to be tempted. And you will always say, okay, it's just one night. You will always be tempted with your finances. Ooh, but I really want this. I know it will make me go over budget here in this item. But, you know, man, that, that's really neat. You know, I really want that. You know, like when you go into Walmart or Target and they have a hundred of those little things when you're checking out, those are impulse buys. They're trying to find anything in the world to get you to buy it and to think you're tempted and won't have any discipline. So those are called impulse buys there at Walmart and Target. How many times you walk through, oh, I'll take that. There's just, oh, I need chapstick. I'll take some gum there. And you're grabbing all this stuff. I didn't even know I needed earphones. Yeah, you know, I'll take those. And you're throwing all that in there. You're always going to be tempted to leave the way and go a different direction in any area of your life that you're trying to get better. Temptation will always, always be there. Here's the problem with it. Every time you make one compromise... It takes you one step further from what you want to be. So if I'm trying to get to that back wall and I say, well, it's just one night. It's not going to be that big a deal. What you don't understand, though, is you've taken one step this direction. And then it's the next night and you take another step. And then you do better and you take one step back. But then you have two nights in a row, two steps back. But then you know I shouldn't be here and so you take this step back. And then you look and you say, well, I started up there. How did I get so far away? And it was just one little compromise after another from keeping you where you wanted to get and where you needed to be. There will always be temptations to leave the road. Lamar Odom was one of the best basketball players in the NBA, played for the Los Angeles Lakers, won a couple of championships with them. He was married to Khloe Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, there's a picture of Lamar and Khloe right there. Lamar Odom grew up in a broken home. 
and uh, he didn't have good parents. Uh, uh, he struggled his whole life, and there was one commitment he made as he looked at the big picture. I am going to have a good marriage, and I'm going to be a, a good father one day. That was, that was his pledge. I, I, I've had a terrible family. I know what it's like to go through this, and my big picture is I'm going to have a good marriage, and I will have a strong marriage, and I'm not going to destroy this like it was destroyed for me. When he met Khloe Kardashian, he was at the height of his fame with the Los Angeles Lakers. After they got married, he says he probably slept with 200 other women in the couple of years they were married. And he said every time he would do it, he would feel bad. He would go home, and he would feel awful about it. He said, my intentions were good. I kept going and feeling bad. I felt guilty. I felt embarrassed. I was shocked at my own behavior until his behavior came out in the open and Khloe Kardashian divorced him. He's just written a book called From Darkness to Light, and this is what he wrote in the book. The only thing I ever wanted in life was a good marriage. I looked at my family and the way that I was raised, and I made a determination when I was a young man, this would never happen to me. I would have a good, faithful marriage, but I didn't. I cheated, and I cheated daily over and over again. Every road game, if we were gone for five days, I would be with five different women. I would come home, I would be embarrassed, I would hate myself, and then we'd go on the road again, and I would do it again until finally it came out in the public, my life left me, I was ruined, and I looked back and I thought, how have I gotten to the place that I'm at? And when I was honest, I got there because I made the choice over and over and over again. I got there because I made the choice over and over and over again. It's not where I wanted to be. It wasn't my intention. But there are always temptation to your intentions, and every step you take away gets you further from where you want to be. Again, this isn't rocket science. Where do you want to go? Where are you right now, and how do you get there? Because is the road you're taking leading you where you want to be, or is it taking you further away? And this brings us to the last thing that we see. To get where you want to go takes focus and willpower. To get where you want to go takes focus and willpower in any area of your life. If you want to lose weight, it's going to take some focus and willpower in denying yourself when you get into it. Look at verse 24. Now then, my son, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or go straight to her paths. Many are the victims she brings down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leaving down to the chambers of death. The road you're taking will be costly if you don't really look at where you're going. So let me make four very brief conclusions here to keep focus and to get where you want to go. We've talked about them all today. Number one, decide where you want to go. Decide where you want to go and where you're at and how you get there. That's it. Where do you want to go? What's the big picture? Is it with your school? Is it with your relationships? Is it with your finances? Is it with your job? Whatever. Where do you want to be in your marriage? How do you get there? What road am I at? On. That's the first thing. Very, very simple. Keep the big picture of where you're at and how you're going to get there. Number two, strengthen your relationship with God and seek his will and direction. Strengthen your relationship with God and seek his will and direction. That's the first thing we started with. 
What's the big picture? Then take it to God. Because God wants the best in every area of your life. If you want your marriage stronger, Lord, how do I make my marriage stronger? How do I get where I want to be? Turn all of those things over to God. Probably a lot of you have heard of Clayton Kershaw, uh, the pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Clayton Kershaw grew up in a very troubled home. His mom and dad fought a lot, divorced early. And he said that he, when he came to Christ as the Lord and Savior as a high school student, his first thing was, I want to help my mom. My mom is a struggling single mom. She's given up everything for me. She's taken money out of her own mouth to buy me an expensive baseball glove. And he said, so my first prayer to God was, Lord, I want to take care of my family and my mom. And so he dedicated himself to becoming a Major League Baseball player. He not only made it, he was one of the youngest Cy Young Award winners ever and, uh, and was uh, uh, one of the youngest people to lead the league in strikeouts and game wins. So that was his goal. He got there. He got his family financially secure. And then he said, Lord, what do you want from me next? He said, you know, I grew up in a troubled home. Lord, I want to have a good, a good home, a good marriage. I want to be the kind of man you want me to be. And then that happened. He met a, young, a lovely woman named Ellen. They got married. They had a baby. They, they began to have a, a strong family. And he looked back and he said, wow, God, you took me right where I wanted to be. Now, now Lord, now what do you want from me? You know, because I, I've got everything I've wanted. I've got this career. I've got my family. I couldn't want anything else. And he said, God, he felt God telling him, now use everything you've got to bless other people. And so he and his wife took a mission trip to Zambia. And in Zambia, they met a little girl there uh, who, who had no family. Her parents had been killed in the war. And they just felt overwhelmed by what was going on there. And so they started something called Hope's Home. The young girl was named Hope. And they started an orphanage there in Zambia. But not only that, Clayton Kershaw does something. Every time he strikes somebody out, he gives $1,000 to Hope's Home uh, that's there. And he's asking people, hey, do the same thing as you're going through there. And so he's now using his career to help other people. So when you turn things over to God, you see it progress over and over and over again. Number three, choose the right friends. Choose the right friends. The friends you have are going to determine the course that you're going to take. When you get to school, uh, graduates, the people you hang out with are going to determine the kind of road you're going to be on. And so it's going to be very important to choose the right friends because your friends will either pick you up or they will tear you down. And so you've got to ask yourself, are the people I'm hanging around with Are they making me better or are they making me worse? And I've talked to people before who say, well, you know, you know, when I'm around them, I do things that I shouldn't, you know, and everything, but they're my friends. And I say, no, they're not. If they don't want the best for you, and if they're not trying to find the best for you, then they're not your friend. Your friends are always going to want you to be better. I know of a situation here that that I was dealing with just a few years ago where a guy had been to drug rehab. Uh, It about killed him. They told him, we don't know, you know, your life was on the line. He finally got out. And the first day he was out, his old friends called and said, man, we can't believe you're out. We're, We're going partying tonight. Go with us. And he called me and he said, I don't know what to do. I haven't seen these guys in so long. They're my best friends. And I said, no, they're your worst enemies. If you just got out of drug rehab and what they're saying to you is go party with us, they are not your friends. 
until you're making the right friends and hanging around the right kind of people that are going to build you up and care about you is one of the most important things you'll ever do. And then finally, continually check where you are and be honest with yourself. Continually check where you are and be honest with yourself. Have you gotten astray? Have you taken two or three steps in a direction you don't want to go? If so, get back on the right track. So an interesting story this week online. There was a young man by the name of Lance Grumley. Lance uh, is a special needs young man. He was with his mom at Rohnert Park in California. His mom was talking to some friends, looked up, and Lance was gone. And she couldn't find him anywhere. Now, he's an adult, but as I say, he's got a lot of developmental issues. And uh, she looked for him. Her friends looked for him. They couldn't find him. Finally called the police. Three hours later, at the far end of the park, a police officer by the name of Lance Thompson saw a young man that looked confused walking along. Here's a picture of them right here. The police officer, Thompson, got off of his motorcycle, walked over, and when he walked up to the young man, uh, Officer Thompson said, Are you Lance? The young man looked at him and started to cry. And he said, I'm lost. Can't find my mom. And he started crying. The police officer walked over and put his arms around him and said, it's okay. It's okay. I know you're lost, but I'm taking you to your mom. I don't care where you are in life right now. I don't care where the path you've been taking has led you. You may be far, far away. But what God wants you to know is, I know you may be lost. And I know you may be scared. And I know you may be hurting. But it's okay. I'm here. And I'm going to take you back to the light, right path. You're not lost any longer. Let's have a prayer. Father, help us to know that no matter where our path may have taken us, that you're right there with us. Lord, encourage us, lead us, strengthen us to get where we need to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So where are you right now? Where's your path taken you? Maybe it's not where you wanted to be. Maybe you had a lot of good intentions, but it's not where you've even ended up. If that's the case, then no, it's not hopeless. The change comes with hope. The change comes in realizing that God loves you and he hasn't abandoned you. And no matter how far away you may have walked, he's right there to put his arms around you and say, it's okay. We're going to start back. We're going to start back by taking one step towards the direction you need to go. Just go that way with me. So the first thing today I would say is, hey, just turn whatever that is to God over. Maybe you're here and you're just starting a path. And and like our graduates, you just want to turn that over to God right now. Lord, I'm getting ready to graduate. I've got got a job ahead of me. I've got school, whatever. And you want to turn that over to God. But give that to him here. You can come pray at this altar about needs or concerns, about your future, whatever you want to pray about. You can come and say, I want to join this church. And maybe one of the most important things you could ever do is to say, Lord, I need you. I'm on the wrong path and I need you. And you come and you accept him as Lord and Savior. Follow him in baptism. Thank you for being here today. Especially thank you to our, our not thank you, especially congratulations to our graduates. Uh, as you leave, there'll be some uh, photo boards uh, of our graduates out there. You can go by and take a look at those and congratulate them yourselves. And there'll also be a table uh, if you're interested in sponsoring someone for a wind-shaped scholarship. So have a great week and determine the road you take ends up where you're going to be. Okay? Uh, big theology. All right, let's close the prayer. 
Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your love. Uh, we pray for all of our graduates that uh, this, this new road ahead of them uh, would be one of, of great promise. And we just go out now praying, Father, you take us on the right road where we need to be. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.